and welcome to Fresh Fusion, a weekly show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web, and today, geek entertainment. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 85, my top 10 genre movies and shows of 2022. Well, Actually, it's 2023 now, folks, so Happy New Year. (laughs) Uh, I meant to record this episode last week during the break between Christmas and New Year's, but I got sick. (laughs) Yeah, I I spent most of my holiday time uh, between Christmas and New Year's recovering and trying to feel better. Uh, But I did post on the blog my top five non-sci-fi films of 2022, so be sure to check that out. I think it's an interesting list there. Um, And that was uh, a sort of an alternative uh, version of what I have turned into sort of an annual tradition, which is to post a top five on the blog at the end of the year. Before, it's been sci-fi films, but this time I posted my top five non-sci-fi films. And I thought it'd be fun instead to uh, take the opportunity here on the podcast to look at uh, what is actually my top 10 movies and TV shows in primarily the sci-fi genre or something adjacent to sci-fi. But there's a couple other little surprises in there that aren't sci-fi. But um, yeah, just uh, using this opportunity to enjoy talking about some geek entertainment. But first, a quick bit of follow-up. Very exciting news. Medium, yes, Medium, the blogging company and platform, now has its own Mastodon instance at medium.social. And the current CEO of Medium, Tony Stubblebine, (laughs) I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Tony Stubblebine is actively talking about the possibility of adding ActivityPub Federation features to Medium. What? Yeah, so this could be big, folks. This could be really big. Uh, And this is on top of previous announcements that other companies that are uh, sort of big on the web as platforms from days gone by are looking into federation. It's sort of, (laughs) it seems to be the the revenge of web 2.0 here, folks. Imagine, if you will, in the year 2023, this new year, imagine Tumblr, Flickr, and Medium all joining the Fediverse. Whoa. Holy cow, this could be big. This could be really big. I'm trying not to get too excited about this because right now this is all vaporware, but uh, there's a possibility. There's an actual possibility that in 2023, these things could happen. So that's pretty cool. All right, so let's just jump into it. My top 10 list here. I want to start out with some honorable mentions, what didn't make it onto my top 10 list, but are nevertheless very good. Uh, The first is the Orville New Horizons, the long-awaited new season on Hulu. Uh, And yeah, I really enjoyed this season. I think it was very well done. There's some 
there's some character things that happened here and there that didn't necessarily jive with me, but overall, I think everyone did a great job and it was so nice to be back in that universe again. It's a little upsetting that we don't know if there's going to be another season. <laughs> I feel like they should have locked that down one way or another so that, you know, we could either end Orville New Horizons kind of feeling like, okay, this is the end, <laughs> sad but true, or be really excited and looking forward to another season, and instead it's just kind of in limbo, which seems really weird. So hopefully we get some news there. The Patient was another show on Hulu, uh, n- nothing to do with sci-fi, it's it's kind of a, a dark comedy slash thriller, I guess, um, but I really enjoyed it. It stars Steve Carell and... Uh, Donald Gleason, uh, and and their performances together. I mean, they're pretty much the only, <laughs> for the most part. I, there there are a few side characters, but we they're kind of on the periphery of the story. It's basically those two people uh, driving the story forward, and and it was just fantastic. I really enjoyed it. The Peripheral on Amazon. Uh, this one surprised me. Uh, you know, Amazon's kind of pumped out a bunch of stuff that sort of at first glance seems like it's going to be really great, and then it kind of falls apart. Um, the second season of Upload did that for me, where the, the the first season of Upload seemed, you know, just kind of like a little goofy thing that was like, okay, fine, it's fun to watch, whatever. Um, didn't even expect they were going to do a season two of Upload. Um, but then I saw that there was a new season, so I started watching it, and the first I don't know, two, maybe three episodes were really good, like, like shockingly good. And I was really impressed and thought, wow, this show's going places. And then it all just kind of fell apart and got kind of dumb <laughs> by the end. So I don't know. I, I'm, I mean, if they do another season of Upload, that's great. But uh, I don't know. Uh, the Peripheral, on the other hand, we just have this first season, but I really liked it. I, I felt like it was strong all the way through, and they kind of brought in new characters and different scenarios towards the end of the season that were a bit unexpected, and just all of that was fantastic. Uh, and really, really interesting story and kind of a different take on you know, some of the typical tropes we we see in shows about, you know, the future and VR and different things like that. So I really like that. And then finally, Stranger Things season four, <laughs> that episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even want to review the whole season. I just want to talk about that episode, the one that everyone talked about. Chapter four, Dear Billy, directed by Sean Levy. Uh, of course, that that featured uh, what became a top hit, <laughs> top hit once again from Kate Bush, a deal with God uh, running up that hill like it was everywhere in that episode. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. Uh, I want to see just that episode again. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch the whole season again uh, quite yet, but but I could just put on that one episode and watch it again. It's so amazing. I mean, that was that was like. Academy Award winning movie quality. Just really great. But the season as a whole didn't quite make it onto my top 10 list. I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, there's just, there's, there's actually a lot of stuff. I was a bit surprised, to be honest, that uh, so much stuff ended up on my top 10 list that is just 
tremendously great. <laughs> uh, I started out this year kind of feeling bummed about the state of things, which I'll get to after I do my top 10 list, because there were actually a bunch of disappointments for me, mostly stuff from Disney. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of surprised how much good stuff did end up on my top 10 list here. So let's get right to it. Coming in at number 10, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, so yeah, finally we got a Marvel movie this year from Disney <laughs> that I really liked. Uh, again, I'll get to some of the disappointing things later, but uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever did not disappoint. I really loved this movie. I loved Shuri in it as as the star, essentially, now. Uh, because of the untimely death of Chadwick Boseman, and that was very sad. Uh, honestly, uh, while I'm not like a super fan of the first movie, I really enjoyed it, and I was really sad when that news came out. And you know, honestly, you know, I would have been happy if they had just said, you know, that's it. He was the Black Panther, and we made the Black Panther movie, and you know, there you go. That's that's it that's the end of that storyline or something, you know, kind of, I don't know, maybe they could bring Wakanda in as a, as a part of other movie plots going forward, but not necessarily do like a Black Panther movie. I would have been fine with that. Uh, maybe some fans of the first movie would have been really upset if they'd announced that. Uh, but everyone was wondering, you know, are they going to recast a new actor as the Black Panther, as T'Challa, or are they going to, you know, anoint someone else as a new Black Panther? Like, what are they going to do? Who's going to be the star of this movie? What's going to happen? Uh, and I think they did a great job. I really did. Not not everyone was super thrilled with some of the choices in the movie, but but I liked them. And, and I, I just loved the character of Shuri, and I thought she was great. All right, coming in at number nine, um, maybe not everyone realizes this, but The Expanse which uh, finished out its final season as an Amazon property. It didn't start out on Amazon Prime, but uh, it ended up there, and they finished their, their final season of The Expanse. And technically, the season was released in 2021, but the, the series finale actually came out in January this year. So if you were going to review the whole season and the whole series as a whole, you would have had to do it this year. So I'm considering this a 2022 um, creation. And yeah, The Expanse. <laughs> so good. Uh, th this show is, is you know, way, definitely way up there on a list of great space sci-fi shows. You know, it's, it's just very daring, uh, very ambitious. Uh, just the scope is incredible. Uh, the technology in the show is really fascinating. You know, it's kind of this interesting blend of stuff that you could kind of imagine is like stuff that we could have in a few years. Like a lot of the technology doesn't necessarily feel that far off, but then other aspects of it are, you know, yeah, totally outlandish and futuristic and all that, but so much good stuff. Uh, I really, really love that show. Coming in at number eight, The White Lotus. Now, this is not sci-fi. This is just, I don't know, dark comedy, bit of drama, bit of thriller, 
murder mystery. <laughs> it's really kind of a fusion show of a lot of different ideas and a lot of different kind of TV genres. And uh, it's just so well done. Uh, the first season uh, had a cast which mostly, you know, finished out with that first season, but they brought a few characters back for the second season. And I think they'll once again bring maybe one or two characters from the second season on over to the third season, which they start working on. So it has a bit of an anthology feel, but there's also a bit of continuity. Uh, And it really just centers around, you know, like a bunch of people arrive at a resort, this fancy resort, and, uh, you know, quickly you realize, like, everyone has secrets, everyone's kind of messed up, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on, and and there's some kind of mystery behind it all. And as the as the episodes progress, you know, the, the tension kind of ramps up and it just gets crazier and crazier. So <laughs> I love the White Lotus. I I just love it so much. And and I really felt like I couldn't put together a top ten list like this without somehow getting it in there. All right, coming in at number seven, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I wrote about this on my blog a while back uh, in a post called What's Old Star Trek is New Star Trek Again? (laughs) And yeah, I think, listen, I love Discovery. I love Picard. I'm really excited about season three of Picard coming out soon. I've heard lots of good things about it. But, you know, let's be honest. The the Star Trek TV shows of late have been divisive, you know, somewhat in a way that a lot of the Star Wars content's been divisive. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, back and forth going on around Star Trek and a lot of haters. And I don't want to get into all that exactly because uh, I, I do have feelings about new Trek and, you know, more more positive than negative, to be sure. Um, but, you know, I can understand at least some of the frustrations around, you know, what what the perception is around new Trek. Now, with Strange New Worlds, it's an interesting moment because it feels like, to a certain extent, maybe not universally, but to a certain extent, this show has brought a lot of fans together, a lot of old-time fans, a lot of fans of New Trek, sort of casual people that aren't super fans of Star Trek necessarily, but heard about the show and decide to check it out. This is a popular show. I think it did really well with critics and fans, and yeah... I loved it. I really loved it. <laughs> it would have been hard for me not to end up loving it. They, they really would have had to botch a lot of things in this show to get me not to like it. And thankfully, they did not botch much at all. In fact, they really did a lot of things really well. And honestly, I'm surprised how much I love Spock in this show. Um, I, I was not a fan of Zachary Quinto's Spock in the in the new movies or well not that new anymore but um you know fantastic actor don't get me wrong I love him he was he was incredible in heroes just incredible uh but I I just didn't really I didn't really click with his Spock but then when they brought in Ethan Peck to play Spock in Star Trek Discovery season 2 I believe um I wasn't sure. I wonder I wasn't sure if I liked his portrayal of Spock or not. I mean, everything about that season was kind of bananas and his character was was kind of, you know, 
intentionally bizarre <laughs> the the way they had things uh, set up in the story of that season. So yeah, I wasn't sure what I thought about Ethan Peck as Spock. Uh, but here he is again in Strange New Worlds. And man, he's a great Spock. He's just a great Spock. You know, younger, a little bit less sure of himself, a little bit more kind of not even necessarily conflicted. Like it's it's almost like pre-conflicted in the sense of like conflicts that we think of when we think of of uh, you know Leonard Nimoy's Spock. Like th- this is more like kind of like he's he's young, he's a little bit brash, he's a little bit cocky. He kind of thinks he he knows what he's about, but I think more and more he's realizing that he doesn't know what he doesn't know, <laughs> and he's starting to learn now what he doesn't know and what he kind of has to to come to grips with within himself and his role and different things. So, you know, just seeing this younger Spock is really fascinating. And of course, Anson Mount as Captain Pike. I mean, come on, come on. Is he not the greatest? Is he not the greatest? (laughs) He, He might honestly be my favorite captain now. Like my favorite captain in all of Star Trek could be Anson Mount as Pike. He's so good. <laughs> so good. Ah, uh, I love it. Now now I want to watch that whole season again. I, I want to go back and rewatch Strange New Worlds now that I'm thinking about it, because he's just so good and that show is is amazing. So yeah, definitely a strong number seven here. Coming in at number six, the Batman. I was really looking forward to The Batman, and it did not disappoint. This was a fabulous movie, very well done, very well shot. The cinematography is incredible. The sound is amazing. The The soundtrack is really good. Like, everything about The Batman is wonderful. You know, the cast is really good. Um, Robert Pattinson as The Batman, uh, you know, barely i mean he barely plays bruce wayne let, let's be honest there's there's not a whole lot of bruce wayne in this movie and there's a whole lot of batman uh and that's fine with me cuz uh you know i i'm an old school batman movie fan you know i liked the original batman movie of i think it was 1989 it's kind of my first comic book movie like when i think back on my childhood like it was kind of the movie for me that I thought of when I would think of like a comic book movie and, you know, having Jack Nicholson as the Joker, kind of an iconic role for me. Uh, You know, when I think of my Joker, my Joker is not Heath Ledger's Joker, although he did a great job. My Joker is Jack Nicholson's Joker. So I just, I just love everything about that original Batman movie. And I've never quite felt the magic. I've never quite felt the magic of Batman since that original Batman movie. Uh, Christopher Nolan did a good job, don't get me wrong. Uh, But uh, yeah, and and honestly, sorry folks, but I don't like Ben Affleck's Batman. I don't like his Bruce Wayne. I I don't really like anything about his character. (laughs) I actually don't like a lot about Zack Snyder's uh, DC-verse at all. Sorry, Zack Snyder fans, but... uh, yeah, it's not for me. It, it it really is not for me. But the Batman really worked for me. I love this movie. And, you know, I really look forward to watching it again, which is what you want in a movie that's on a top 10 list. So can't wait. Another movie I can't wait to watch again. 
Avatar, The Way of Water, coming in at number five. Uh, you know, there there's certain things about this movie that seem to indicate that this should be one, right? Like, my number one film should be Avatar, The Way of Water, just in the sense of the spectacle of it all. Like, like if you're going to a movie theater to watch a blockbuster movie because of the spectacle of it all, because of the movie magic, because of the way you're just transported to another universe for a few hours and forget you're even on planet Earth. Like, oh yeah, this ticks all of the boxes. Uh, I thought Avatar The Way of Water was not only incredibly well done, but like many are saying, maybe a better movie, like just just as a movie, like a better movie than the first one in terms of the plot, in terms of the characters, in terms of kind of the weight that's put on different things that happen throughout the movie, uh, the the emotions of it. Like, this is a really good movie. And then on top of that, all the technology is just mind blowing. <laughs> Uh, I did see it in 3D, and I really like that. Um, the variable frame rate and the changes in the frame rate between different scenes did not really work for me. Uh, I did not like that. Uh, I would have preferred to have the high frame rate throughout the whole movie, because I could just sort of, you know, like the the sort of video game feel could have just flipped that switch in my brain and I would have been used to that and that'd be fine. But going between higher frame rates and then typical 24 frames of, you know, the typical movie frame rate, I found that distracting. I didn't really like that. That that slightly degraded the experience for me. But whatever, your your mileage may vary. <laughs> All right, coming in at number four is Nope. Nope was Yep for me. Yep to Nope. I loved Nope. Of course, Nope was Jordan Peele's movie this year, and he's really carved out kind of an interesting niche for himself in Hollywood as, you know, somebody who can work on these really interesting movies that kind of, you know, have these kind of strange sci-fi or horror angles to them, but are also commentaries on social issues around race or status or whatever it may be. Um, and Nope did not disappoint. Uh, I really, really was impressed by this movie. It was a great experience in the theater. Uh, I actually reviewed this on YouTube. Uh, you can see a link in the show notes to my YouTube review of Nope, where I talk about how environmental this movie felt, you know, like the environment that the people were in in the movie was as much a part of the movie as the characters themselves. And, uh, you know, Avatar, of course, also like that, very environmental. Um, but yeah, I just, I love Nope. I thought it was really clever, really well done. Coming at number three, this one was a true shocker for me, and that is Star Wars Andor. Star Wars Andor, another Star Wars show on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. Like, I didn't even bother to try watching this when it started to come out. I, I'd given up. I'd really given up. I did not like Boba Fett at all. I didn't really care much for Obi-Wan, although it had its moments. Uh, I'll, I'll talk a bit, little bit more about all of that in my disappointments section later. But uh, by the time Andor came out, I was just like, <laughs> and I'm actually not a big fan of Rogue One. Um, I may be more into it now on a rewatch, but 
Uh, historically, Rogue One, uh, not a big fan. So, you know, the fact that they took, you know, sort of a side character in a movie I didn't really care for and built a show around him made no sense to me whatsoever. I was like, why? who's asking for star Wars and or like, why are we doing this? This just seems dumb. So I had no interest in it, but then I kept hearing from people I trusted, you know, trusted critics, uh, folks on podcasts, folks writing, you know, I don't know. Well, then tweets now toots, I guess (laughs) talking about Andor and saying just how incredibly awesome it is. And at first I was just kind of like, you know, that's, you know, it's probably just hardcore fans, you know, nerding out about stuff as they will. But like, I just started getting the impression that it was a really good show, like really good. Um, So I think like maybe two or three episodes before the finale, I started watching it from the start. So, you know, eventually I caught up to what was, um, you know, then the current episode and then had to wait to finish it out. But um, yeah, I started watching it and holy moly. <laughs> wow. Yowza. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, just everything about this show is fantastic. Like the cast was great. The settings were great. All of the places people went to all looked incredible. If they used the volume at all, which I'm not sure they did, actually, but if they did, like, I couldn't really tell. Everything looked wonderful and, and like, real, like, lived in the way you want Star Wars to look, not just, you know, so, some set on some, you know, in some TV uh, show warehouse somewhere. Like, this was great. Uh, the, the music was really good. The story was compelling. The writing was intelligent and smart. And there's a couple monologues. And you know what I'm talking about if you've seen this show. There are a couple monologues that are flat out brilliant. Like, there's stuff in this show that transcends the genre. And I've heard people say that. Like, I've heard people mention that Star Wars Andor isn't just a great Star Wars show. It's a great show. Like, it's a great sci-fi space show. I mean, even beyond that, it's just a great show. Like, this is an objectively, well, yeah, as John Campy likes to say, all film is subjective and and TV too. But like, uh, as objective as you can get sort of in the broad scope of things, like, this is a great TV show. (laughs) And I'm really excited to, uh, you know, to, to see what they do with the second season, because if they can keep the quality even mostly as high as the first season, it's going to be great. So, yeah, this is a strong number three on this list. You know, barely eked out by another incredibly great TV show. <laughs> and that is Severance. Severance on Apple TV Plus coming in at number two here. Uh, again, like, transcending its genre. Severance isn't just a great show within the the sort of strange genre it's in, which is even there, hard to pin down. Like, this is great. And I've seen Severance come up uh, on, you know, on multiple people's lists of, like, best TV shows of 2022 and things like that. So, uh, man, Severance, uh, what, what can I say about it? Um, 
just very surprising, you know, like from from the trailers, it kind of seemed like a weird, you know, slightly sci fi take on, I don't know, like a a spooky version of The Office or something like (laughs) it was hard to even know like what it is. Uh, You know, it seemed like just a mashup of a bunch of different ideas and, you know, could have easily been bad you know this this show like if you write it out on paper and kind of like write down like and here's all the things that happens in the show like it seems bonkers and could easily have been botched (laughs) badly but instead it's fantastic it's just fantastic the direction the sets like who knew you could make a set that's just an office room with almost nothing in it and that set is like etched into your mind (laughs) The sets are incredible. Uh, the music is great. The cast is phenomenal, and everything they do together, like it's a it's a true ensemble cast. Uh, everyone kind of interconnects with each other in really fascinating ways. Uh, it, it, you know, and the the sort of the the human element to things, the emotions there are really deep and really impactful like like you watch this show and and actually just finished watching it all the way through again um so i got to you know unlike the first time i got to binge watch it and like so much stuff in this show really sticks with you like you keep thinking about it over and over and over again uh, and that's how you know that something you know is is really well done because it sticks with you uh so yeah easily easily well I don't want to say easily this is my favorite TV show of the year because, like I said, Star Wars Andor is also fantastic. So Severance with also Star Wars Andor is a very close uh, uh, runner-up best shows of 2022. Which brings me to number one on the list. It's a movie, and it is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Galaxy Brain. <laughs> this movie... Okay, okay, let me back up a little bit. I almost didn't see this movie. Uh, first of all, I did not see it in the theaters when it came out. Something I now deeply regret. But at the time, for whatever reason, uh, I was just busy with a lot of stuff. Uh, my year earlier this year, like the first half of 2022 was kind of nuts for me and I was just off my game in a bunch of ways and and one of those things was not seeing a lot of movies in the theater uh, which I now regret but um, so I did not see this when it came out uh, and then when it was available on you know whatever video on demand streaming etc uh, I did not see it even though I'd been hearing so many good things about it like it was on my radar and I, I knew I wanted to try to watch it but I just didn't get to it and then uh, just a few weeks ago I finally um, realized that it was available on Showtime. So, um, you know, I was able to watch that on streaming, gave it a shot, got a few minutes in and then was like, nah, <laughs> I can't take it. This is this is too frenetic and like all this mess everywhere and just people yelling at each other. And this is super annoying. I give up. I don't know what people are talking about. This seems weird. Goodbye. Did not watch it. And then some more days went by and I kept seeing this movie like climb up almost to the top or possibly even the top of all these top lists. Like all these folks I follow, 
you know, people chatting about, you know, favorite stuff of the year as we're getting to the end of the year here. And everything everywhere all at once keeps rising to the top. I'm like, okay, like there's something about this movie that everyone is losing their minds over. I need to give it another try. I'm going to give this movie a second chance. So I put it on again, get a little bit farther into it. And then like, oh my gosh, like what a ride. I was just, I was glued (laughs) to my television watching this. Like every frame was like getting ingested into my eyeballs. I was so into this and I got to the end and it was like, I felt like I'd had, I felt like I'd had a revelation. Like it was almost a spiritual experience and like, I'm probably going to start crying now (laughs) because this movie really had such an effect on me. Uh, And if you actually read like interviews from the creators of the movie, they talked about how they they were trying to make a movie that would like almost be like taking a mind altering drug or something like they wanted to radically affect people's perception of their own reality with this movie. Like they really want to do something mind bending. And I know that's like, like when you're a creator, and you're trying to cre- create something and put it out there, like, you know, t- to, to like say like, Oh, I'm going to create something. that's going to rock people's world. It's going to blow their minds. Like it's, it seems so, um, you know, self-serving and, you know, like you're just, you know, you have such an ego. You're, you're so full of yourself, right? Like, come on, do your best job, put your work out there and hope people like it, right? Like, you know, dial it down a notch or two. But you know what? They had a goal. They went out there. They exceeded that goal. And they were right. <laughs> they were right. This movie does bend your brain and rock your world and change how you think about life and reality and everything like (laughs) everything everywhere all at once yeah like (laughs) it's hard for me to even talk about the movie because I don't want to give away spoilers if you haven't seen it like I feel like almost anything I could say about how much I enjoyed it and why I enjoyed it sort of is a bit of a spoiler uh, so let, let's put it this way. I will, I will give you one spoiler because you've probably heard about this. Everyone's talking about it. So I'll give you one spoiler. If you, if you don't want even that, feel free to skip ahead a couple minutes here, but let's put it this way. This is a movie where two rocks on the edge of a cliff overlooking a canyon in the sunshine just sitting there doing nothing is one of the most compelling things I have seen in cinema in a long time. (laughs) They made two rocks on the edge of a cliff overlooking a canyon in sort of a desert area with some sun shining, just doing nothing, basically silence, you know, no, no rousing soundtrack or anything, just silence. Like, It's one of the most compelling moments in cinema of this year, (laughs) maybe the last several years. That's how incredible this movie is. (laughs) How did they do it? How did they do it? (laughs) 
So yeah, Everything Everywhere All at Once is my number one favorite TV or movie thing of any kind this year. Well, I keep saying this year. It's really last year, 2022. Um, Yeah, if you have not seen it yet, uh, the hype is real. Please go see it at your earliest opportunity. uh, And I hope that you love it as much as I do. All right, so that's it for my top 10 list. Uh, Real quick, I do want to go through some of my biggest disappointments of the year because there's a real theme here, as you'll soon discover. Biggest disappointments, Disenchanted, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, She-Hulk, (laughs) Obi-Wan. Are you getting it yet? (laughs) Come on, Disney. What the hell's going on here? Like, (laughs) there's so much stuff. Yeah, this is why I was so excited about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Star Wars Andor, because, well, I suppose Avatar The Way of Water, because that's actually part of Disney now, too. They own everything. But anyway, (laughs) I'm so glad we got some good stuff here from Disney, because all this other stuff, just yikes. Um, Honestly, Disenchanted... I, I'm I'm literally angry about. Like, here's the thing. Enchanted is one of my favorite Disney movies, and I mean Disney in like classic Disney sense, right? Like princesses and fairy tales and all that kind of stuff. Like Enchanted, starring Amy Adams, is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. I love Enchanted. Enchanted is smart, it's clever, it's very well done. It's high quality. Like, it's good. Enchanted is a good movie. Disenchanted is like a bad kids show on Netflix level of quality. Like, it's not even a good show on Netflix for kids level of quality. It's like a bad kids show on Netflix. (laughs) It makes no sense. And the movie starts out where, like, it seems like the people that made the movie forgot how the first movie ended. Like the the it doesn't even make sense how Disenchanted starts and then it goes downhill from there. Ah, it makes me so mad. I was so mad watching this movie. Like I I was watching it with the kids cuz they had, they had actually already seen it and they wanted me to see it. And they didn't realize how bad it was cuz you know, they're kids and there's like stuff in there that's fun for kids, right? So they thought it was okay. But I was I kept stopping and saying, I'm sorry, kids, I don't think I can finish this. I'm really sorry. Like, this is just such a bad movie. They're like, come on, dad, what's the problem here? Like, why are you being so grumpy? And I'm just like, I'm sorry, it's just so bad. This is so poorly made. <laughs> and I started to explain to them, like, the things that were happening or not happening in the movie that were so poorly done. And as I was explaining to them, gee, this, yeah, okay, like, I'm obviously world's best dad here, right? (laughs) So fun to be around during the holidays. But I'm telling them, like, what's wrong with Disenchanted? And as they're hearing it, they're like, oh, yeah, you're kind of right. And then by the time we got to the end of the rewatch, they were like, okay, dad, you're totally right. This was awful. I can't believe what a bad movie this was. (laughs) So now my kids agree with me. But um, yeah, Disenchanted was such a disappointment. And then Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I wrote a blog post about this movie. Uh, I mean, I didn't hate it. 
but I didn't really like it either. And I was really disappointed because the original Doctor Strange movie is one of my favorite MCU movies. Like, I don't just like Doctor Strange, the first one. I love it. I love that movie. I I want to see it again, and I've already seen it several times. Like, pick a time and place, and I'll come join you, and we can rewatch the movie. Like, I love that movie. I never get sick of it. And then the second one just fell flat for me in so many different ways. Uh, and like, honestly, I, I, I wish I wish the Scarlet Witch, I wish Elizabeth Olsen's character just wasn't in the movie. I didn't like anything about anything she did. And that's not Elizabeth Olsen's fault. She's a fantastic actress. And she did a great job in WandaVision. And I liked WandaVision. So, but just everything about her... And her character in this movie, I hated. Thankfully, there was other stuff in the movie I liked that wasn't directly related to her. So I got some enjoyment out of it. But everything about her character in this movie, I couldn't stand. So that was a real disappointment. And then we get to Thor Love and Thunder. (laughs) And I don't know what was going on with the production of that, but it just seemed off. It seemed way off. A lot of the jokes just weren't funny. I couldn't stand any of the stuff that happened with, you know, with regard to Zeus and the, the you know, omnipotent land or whatever it's called, like <laughs> Omniscienceville. I don't even know what that was. I, I didn't like any of that. I thought it was just blah. <laughs> you could have cut everything even remotely related to Zeus and all of those people out of the movie entirely, and it would have been fine. I didn't need any of that. Just, you know. I don't know, drop drop a lightning bolt thing into Thor's lap at some point and say like, oh, wow, here's a lightning bolt that Thor can use as a new weapon. Cool. Like, <laughs> that would have been preferable to me than everything about that scene. Uh, and just a lot of other things. I, I didn't really like most of the stuff that happened in the, en- the ending of the movie. It was just particularly disappointing for me. Like I started to kind of envision before we got to the end of Thor Love and Thunder how it could end. And I started thinking like, man, I don't think I'm going to like how this ends. And then that happened and I didn't like it. (laughs) So yeah, there's a there's a link in the show notes um, uh, about uh, somebody's thoughts on for on Thor Love and Thunder and, you know, like a couple scenes that in particular, they felt kind of undermined the whole thing. And I thought it was really smart, like a smart critique of the movie, you know, not just hating on it, but like honestly saying like, here's some things that just don't make sense. Uh, And I thought that was uh, well explained. So uh, check out that link if you're interested. Uh, She-Hulk, a disappointment. Um, Not that I thought it was bad, but I just didn't think it was very good. Like just the overall quality seemed low, you know, (laughs) just, like another Disney Plus show, you know, kind of okay, but not great. Uh, and again, with Obi-Wan, like I didn't hate it, but I didn't really love it either. Also, didn't seem that high quality. Like, <laughs> what's going on over there, Disney? Get it together. <laughs> Is this why Bob Chapek got fired and they brought back Bob Iger? Probably. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there were a couple other disappointing things that weren't related to Disney. Uh, Black Adam, which I thought was fun. And and I actually do like Black Adam. Like, I, I do like that movie. Uh, I particularly like Pierce Brosnan's character in the movie. Um, but I found it disappointing in the sense that, you know, uh, The Rock, 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson was was really you know out there promoting this movie and saying how awesome it is and how great it is to be Black Adam and everyone's gonna love it. And I just found it middling. <laughs> the quality was so so, you know, just uh, just another DC movie that kind of falls down. <laughs> So yeah, I was I was kind of hoping it would you know break the rut there of of DCU sort of films that don't really stick the landing, but unfortunately did not break that mold. And then finally, I was disappointed with Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, I I I wanted to like this movie so much. You know, I started watching it. I'd heard about all the all the difficulties with the production and kind of the scandals going on to even get this movie made and out the door. So I wasn't sure if it would be a good movie, but I was really hoping it would be. The premise seemed really interesting. And, you know, as the movie was starting out and I was kind of going through it, I'm like, man, this is cool. I like this. I really like this. I want to see where this is going. And then, oh, my God, (laughs) it got so bad. (laughs) And the ending didn't make any sense. (laughs) It's like, why did they do that? Why? Why? Why make a movie with this particular plot? <laughs> it could have been so much better. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just one of those things that, you know, you put down on paper and you're like, oh, that, that seems like a really interesting story. That seems like it could be a really cool plot. And these characters could be really cool. And it could be, you know, this really gotcha story with lots of twists and turns. Uh But I don't know. It just didn't work for me at all. Oh, well, can't win them all. So there you have it, folks. Some of my disappointments, but also some of my favorite things of 2022. Once again, my list from 10 to 1 here. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Expanse, The White Lotus, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, The Batman, Avatar The Way of Water, Nope, Star Wars Andor, Severance, and coming in at the top, number one, everything, everywhere, all at once. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in once again to Fresh Fusion. You can find me, as always, at jaredwhite.com, and you can listen to past episodes of the show at jaredwhite.com slash podcast. I will talk to you once again next week, where I will uh, be kind of going through a little bit of a recap of what happened in my life in 2022, but mainly talk about what my hopes and dreams are for this year, 2023. Once again, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, bye-bye.